What's going on, world? We are back with another episode of the APE, Act Protect Engage Academy. I am your host, Chase H. I am the CEO of this wonderful company, this wonderful small business that we have started from the mud, from nothing. Uh, I just want to make a quick announcement. Uh, I want to thank... Bravo Concealment Holsters, uh, one of our sponsors. They make some of the best tactical gear on the market inside the waistband and outside the waistband holsters. Tactical mag pouches, tactical belts, all that cool guy tactical stuff. But this is for not LARPers. This is for actual real deal Holyfield armed citizens. Okay, guys. Also, oh, real quick. Use code APE10, A-P-E-10 at checkout to get 10% off. So that's a great deal because it's really quality stuff and it's not going to break the bank like a lot of these rip-off places try to do, okay? USCCA, the United States Concealed Carry Organization. Uh, well, actually, it's the United States Concealed Carry Association, not organization. But it is an organization of like-minded citizens, of Second Amendment advocates, of armed citizens that have banded together, have come together to protect our rights as armed citizen, as concealed carry uh, adherents. They offer a lot of great services for us. The NRA is old news, folks. The NRA are a bunch of old goats. They are the um, the dinosaurs of the Second Amendment world. So USCCA, they are the new kids on the block. Join them. I am an elite member. Why My wife is also an elite member. We ask that you join us. They are one of our sponsors. And that will help support our business. Thank you so much for choosing us to listen to. All right, guys, sit back and relax. We're going to get into episode seven today. Okay, so episode seven is entitled America's Love Affair with Guns, the Statistics of Gun Ownership and Gun Violence in America. However, okay, that's our title. And I'm not changing it. However, I kind of shifted the focus, okay? What we're going to do is we're going to look at this concept, this taboo concept of gun violence and its relation to gun ownership. And we're going to look at it from different perspectives. We're just going to separate separate it into two categories right now because basically that's what it is, us versus them, right? It's the Second Amendment folks versus the non-Second Amendment folks. It's the... Uh, Gun advocates versus the um, anti-gunners and vice versa. So the first things first, first things first, we're going to look at the um, pro-Second Amendment position, um, mostly a conservative position. Our main research will be from the Heritage Foundation, okay? So that's a conservative think tank. And what we're going to do today is we're going to go over some of their points, some of their perspective, and we're going to break it down. Uh, through my and unique experience, okay, through my lens, because I've grown up in a world that has both, right? I grew up in a military world where we were itching for a gnarly gunfight. We loved guns. We slept with them. Everyone had one. We went to each other's houses and, and looked at each other's weapons and, um, you know, bragged about what we had. And then I came from an environment up north where we were, everyone was kind of hush-hush about guns, didn't talk about them, didn't like them, didn't want them around them. It was very intimidating. So we're going to talk about both, okay? But for today, today is the conservative side. The next episode, episode eight, 
will be the liberal side, right? The anti-gunner side. And we're going to look at both of their uh, perspectives. We're going to look at the pros, the cons, where the stats are kind of twisted and kind of uh, manipulated to uh, support each other's position, all right? So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Ape. episode because it's like a lightning rod issue it's a lightning rod issue guys i don't think the country is more divided over any other issue other than abortion okay or maybe you know policing in america but man this is a very divisive uh topic okay so we gotta be careful we want a mellow mood guys we're not gonna step on no one's toes today because today we're focusing on the conservative side of the house Thank you for Organic Dope for the beats. We love you, brother. He's an up-and-coming producer from Philadelphia, my childhood friend. He does all apes, custom beats, all right? They're all fire. God bless you, man. Ape. All right, all right, all right, all right. I am back, guys. Once again, it's your handsome host, Chase H. I am the CEO of ape okay ape defensive solutions llc act protect engage okay ape all right guys so remember that name because we're blowing up we're gonna be big all right so thank you so much for being members of the ape army soldiers in the ape army and supporting us you are supporting us just by listening okay so do not think that oh no one's gonna notice or i am a student of analytics I study my business analytics every single day. My wife says probably I'm on my phone looking at numbers and charts too much. So don't ever think it goes unnoticed. We love you guys. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy day to listen to my boring wah-wah-wah voice, all right? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, please subscribe, right? We're on Podbean, Apple Podcasts. Please like, subscribe. Do, uh, give us a review, a five-star rating. It goes a long way because it attracts more people and also attracts sponsors, which will help our business. Also, if you'd like to donate to the Ape Academy podcast um, or to Ape Defensive Solutions just as a, as a company, I will provide some information for, for small payments. Anything helps, right? What we're trying to do is expand our platform. Um, push more ads. You know, we need money for uh, advertisements, um, merchandise, uh, you know, just better equipment, better gear, better things to help our supporters. Okay. Thank you guys so much. All proceeds, all profits go back into Ape, right? I'm not going to be driving around in a freaking drop top Lambo, freaking stunting on Instagram, like, what up, y'all? Thank you for following Ape. And then, like, peel out. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Okay, okay, we're gonna transition now. Okay, so, 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 so. Today's episode, I'm sorry if I'm yelling through the mic. Let me see if I can turn it down a little bit, there we go. Today's episode is gonna be about gun violence and gun ownership. 
okay how they're related now this is from the heritage foundation all these stats i'm quoting and i'm not going to do too many stats because i actually recorded a podcast yesterday and i scratched it um i actually record a lot of uh, material i do a lot of videos i do a lot of um instructional stuff that i don't use um for whatever reason i just it doesn't make the cut uh this podcast didn't make the cut it was just too many numbers it was back and forth confusing it was confusing me i just took my headphones off i was like I was like, you know what? We're going to skip this one. We're going to do a uh, freestyle uh, podcast, uh, a bonus podcast. And what I'm doing today is I'm doing kind of a, a hybrid podcast. All right, I got some notes. I got some stuff in front of me, some research. And I'm also going to go off of my personal perspective because I have a lot of experience um, from both worlds. Okay, guys? First things first, the pro Second Amendment folks, this research is pulled from the Heritage Foundation. You can go on their website. They're a really, really, really... Uh, high-end, really uh, big-time conservative think tank. So a think tank is basically a, a policy organization, right? They do policy research, political research. They're just a bunch of really smart people that all kind of lean the same way, and they, they, they just put out, like, uh, intellectual uh, articles, policy proposals. It's a bunch of really nerds just writing and reading and Eat, drinking coffee together, okay, and going to happy hours. That's pretty much what a conservative think tank, think tank is, or think tank in general. But they're they're politically affiliated, so they have a lot of political connections. So they can really influence our lawmakers, influence our congressmen, influence our senators. It might even go up to the president, depending how much money they contribute to campaigns and stuff like that. All right, so keep that in mind when I'm going through this podcast. Is remember this is the conservative perspective. All right, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over some. Of their of their beliefs when it comes to gun ownership some of their statistics that they've pulled that that they use when it comes to gun ownership in its relation to gun violence and then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna kind of poke holes in it I'm gonna try to pick it apart I'm gonna try to look at it and we're gonna talk about it. we're gonna have a frank discussion about both sides the next podcast is about the liberal side and we're gonna really tear them up <laughs> all right I won't go too hard on the conservatives okay I promise you all right All right. So this is a direct quote from the Heritage Foundation from my research I found. Quote, are there ways to reduce gun violence and school shootings? Yes, but only after objectively assessing the facts and working collaboratively to fashion common sense solutions. Okay, so that's kind of like how they started off, what they start this article off with. Okay, so this was written in 2018, just so you know. March 14, 2018, and the um, the Parkland shooting had just happened. So emotions are always high after these, especially with kids, after these um, school shootings, whether, you know, whether it be in an elementary school, whether it be high school, college, a college campus. When I was in college at UVA, this was uh, ages ago, I'm not going to show my age, but I'm just going to tell you guys. It was in the time of the Virginia Tech school shooter. Remember that? Where the uh, kid um, shot, I think, shot and killed, I think, 30-something classmates or something like that with a handgun. And we were, uh, I was a senior, I think, in college at the time. I think I was a senior or junior. I can't remember which one. But that was really impactful, and it's a horrible thing to hear about, especially when you're in a college as well and you have close ties to the school like uh, UVA and Virginia Tech had. Okay, so just keep that in mind. So this is another quote. 
As emotions morph from grief to anger to resolve, to resolve, it is uh, vitally important to supply facts so that policymakers and professionals can fashion solutions based on objective data rather than well-intended but misguided emotional fixes. Okay, so what do they mean by that? All right, let's break that down. So what the Heritage Foundation is saying is that a lot of times in the wake of these school shootings, especially with the babies, right, people get really emotional, and they should get emotional, right? It's a very tragic, a very traumatic event that occurred, okay? And as a father of four kids, I understand um, that, you know, kids are our most precious treasure, our most precious resource, and we have to protect them at all costs. And these type of this uh, this type of violence and against our youngest members of society, our brightest minds, is really, really, really gut wrenching, and and just rips your heart out. Okay, um, it's easy to say uh, we can't be emotional when our kids, when when you know your kid or my kid, thank God, isn't a victim, whether it be they be hurt. God forbid, killed or just in the school, just in the area, you know, a student in the school district. It's easy to say, let's not be emotional. But they're right, you know. It's expected in the uh, immediate wake of these shootings for people to make really, really rash decisions. And if you've ever seen or watched any of these um, quote-unquote news uh, outlets like CNN, Fox News, everyone kind of jumps to on different bandwagons. Let's ban this one, let's ban that. And that's what the Heritage Foundation is saying right here. They're saying, hey, look, it's okay to be emotional and angry and upset and then be focused, laser focused, but let's not act out of emotion, right? No major life decision should be ever made out of emotion, okay? That's just a tip I've learned over the years as a parent, as a business owner, as a husband, especially as a husband, right? For all my husbands and uh, wives out there. Uh, you know, we, we cannot make major life decisions based on emotional judgments, based on, on snap decisions, right? Knee-jerk decisions. Okay. So they have the Heritage Foundation in this article from March 14th, 2018. They have come up with eight, they call them eight stubborn facts. So we're going to kind of figure out how factual these facts are that they say, right? Here are eight stubborn facts to keep in mind about gun violence in America. Let's go through them. We'll go through them all the way through. I'll read them verbatim. This is a Zach quote from their website. And then what we'll do is we'll look at them, okay? Um, we'll look at them throughout the podcast, okay? And we'll, we'll, we'll discuss them. Well, I'll go on a monologue. That's really what, uh, what a podcast is anyway. But still, we're going to discuss them, and, we, and we, will have, we can have an open discussion about them. Maybe I'll have a Q&A session next week, okay? So here are eight stubborn facts to keep in mind about gun violence in America. One, violent crime is down and has been on the decline for decades. Okay. Two, the principal public safety concerns with respect to guns are suicides and illegally owned handguns, not, not mass, mass shootings. Okay. Number three, a small number of factors significantly increase the likelihood that a person will be a victim of a gun-related homicide. Number four, gun-related murders are carried out by a predictable pool of people. Ooh, 
Uh oh. Someone's triggered. <laughs> I don't know what they mean by that, but we're going to tear them up. All right. We'll, we'll, be, we'll come back to that. Number five higher rates of gun ownership are not associated with higher rates of violent crime. Okay? Higher rates of gun ownership are not associated with higher rates of violent crime. Number six, there is no clear relationship between strict gun control legislation and homicide or violent crime rates. Number seven, Legally owned firearms are used for lawful purposes much, much more than, uh, much, much more often than they are used to commit crimes or suicide. I don't know about that. That's, that seems a little dicey. Because um, God forbid, I don't want anyone in the ape army to use their, have to, have to use their firearms, okay? Uh, unless you're hunting, of course. Number eight, concealed carry permit holders are not the problem. True but they may be part of the solution. Also true, okay? So, those are the eight stubborn, quote-unquote, stubborn facts that the Heritage Foundation has included in their March 14th, 2018 article about gun violence and gun ownership, okay? So, that is what they think. Um, we'll let you digest that for a second, and we'll be back. God bless. back i just like to break up my voice sometimes i don't want to keep you guys over there swerving on the highway when on the way back from work falling asleep okay i i understand man um you know i'm a podcast guy myself but um i rarely listen through a podcast that's over like an hour like all the way through that's why i try to keep my podcast from, you know, 30 to 45 minutes, okay? So, we're going to move on. Enough talking, enough ranting, as my wife would say. Rant over, okay. So, the Heritage Foundation says, each of those facts, right, those eight stubborn facts, are firmly based on empirical data. Here is a deeper look. Ooh, all right, this is going to be interesting. Now, this is when we're going to break down. So, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, okay? I'm not going to read verbatim because that is really, really boring. But what we're going to do is we're going to take each one of these points, these quote-unquote stubborn facts, and we're going to talk about them. And if it takes more than 45 minutes, we're going to stop and we're going to break it up. Okay, so point number one, America is relatively safe, and the trend is toward becoming safer. According to the National Violence or National Crime Victimization Survey, violent crime has been in decline since the early 1990s. Hmm. In 2011, homicide rates were all were down almost half from 1991. Okay, so that's interesting. I mean, their stats are kind of old. They're using 2011 homicide rates. I mean, like, that's that's cool. But um, 
you know, we need a little bit more up-to-date stats than 2011. And I know what they're probably trying to do is take those stats because, in their opinion, because I read something later in this article, they think that it takes a few years for kind of that trend to kind of come out, like for you to really be able to look at the data and make, you know, make determinations. So I think what they're what they're doing is, although this article was written in 2018, 2011 is kind of like the perfect amount of time that's passed so they can be like, okay, we're pointing our finger. That I think this is a fact now. It's not just a blip on the map. Okay, because that's the thing with statistics. You got to be careful because statistics uh, and surveys are, are, are just that. You know, they're just surveys, right? They're just that. You know, it doesn't show every single case. It doesn't show necessarily what's actually happening on the ground in real time until you take a step back, right? You give it, let a few year, a few years pass. You know, it's just like when you're when you're baking something, you're chefing something up in the kitchen, you're you're baking a cake or whatever, something that's really hot comes out of the oven. And you gotta give it time, right? You can't if you try to eat it right away, it'll burn your mouth. That's kinda like with stats, like you've got to let it sit and cool off so you can look at it later. I like that description. I like that description. Pat myself on the back. All right. They also say that the number of non-fatal firearm crimes committed in 2011 was one-sixth of the number committed in 1993. Okay, well, all right, that doesn't really... I mean, that's, that's good, but I, I think... You can, you, know, you can correlate a drop in crime to a lot of factors. Okay, what they're trying to say is America is becoming safer than it was in 1993. And obviously this is from 2018, so we got to keep that in mind. But we have to remember, 1993 was a different time. All right, the drug, the, you know, the war on drugs was, was in its height. You know, we're coming out of the 80s, the crack epidemic, um, and the gang violence was really, really bad. And it was, you know, we had a lot of racial tension in the country. So there's a lot of reasons why the homicide rate the non, you know, non, what do you say, non-fatal firearms crimes went down because, like, there's no, there's not as much tension in 2011 as there's in 1990 freaking three. There's not as many gang members on the street because with the war on drugs, with Reagan's policies that he had enacted in the 80s, it was really cracking down on some of the uh, quote-unquote uh, quote minority communities, um, which has taken away, you know, I'm not going to go into a rant about criminal justice because that's one of my passions, but you know, that war on drugs really did a number on crime, you know, uh, in good and bad ways. So I think that's a reason that maybe they didn't include in this in this point, right? I mean, it's easy to take some stats and kind of narrow them and make them fit your purpose, okay? So that's just something we need to think about as, as intelligent, responsible armed citizens. Okay. Hmm. What else can I say about this? Okay, so they also say it appears that the collective homicide toll for America's 50 largest cities decreased modestly in 2017 after two consecutive years of increase. Huh. So that's interesting. Decreased modestly. Hmm. So what you're saying is the homicide rate and the crime rate is going down. And it's obvious, right? So Trump was president in 2017 was he not he was right he got elected in 2016 I believe right yeah so I know I'm sure they're correlating some of the drop in crime the reason why they're pointing this out all of a sudden they went from 2011 to 2000 freaking 
17. So they're like, oh, okay, well, gun violence is going down steadily. Although you might think a lot of mass shootings are happening, it's actually going down in the 50 uh, largest cities. But it's interesting because in the same token, they'll use that stat, right? If, oh, the, the murder toll is going down in the 50 largest cities. But then they'll turn around and say, well, the urban centers have the most violence and they have the most gun control. But it's like, well, you can't, can you use, or the, can you exploit like the quote unquote urban centers for both sides of the coin? Like you want, you want to have your cake and eat it too. You want to say that, oh, look, the urban, uh, urban violence has gone down. But then on the other, you know, out the other side of your mouth, you want to say, oh, but they're controlled by Democrats in the, in the, in the murder rate and the violence is really bad. So you can't say both, right? It's either, okay, let's put it in perspective. The urban communities are a little bit higher because of this, because of that. You can't just point to something and say, this is the reason, and then use that same argument for the opposite side, right? It's interesting. Interesting, as my son says, interesting. Okay, number two, the second point they're trying to make. The uh, principal public safety concerns are suicides and illegally owned firearms or handguns. According to the Pew Research Center, almost two-thirds of America's annual gun deaths are suicides. Since, 19, since 1981, when the Centers for Disease Control began publishing data uh, on gun suicides, gun suicides have outnumbered gun homicides. In 2010 alone, 19,392 Americans used guns on themselves. Most gun-related crimes are carried out with illegally owned firearms, as much as 80%, uh, according to some estimates. Okay, so ignore that last sentence. So we're going to talk. We're going to tackle this uh, suicide issue. Okay. So once again, they said, really. Now, if you what they're saying is, if you look at the actual gun deaths, okay. If you break, if you want to break, if you want to sit here and break down gun deaths, let's talk about how. These people, these unfortunate souls are losing their life. Let's talk about how. Okay, so because from in the conservative mind, the liberal argument is this. They say, you know what? There's just too many damn guns. There's just too many darn guns. Sorry, Apple, I have a clean uh I have a clean rating on Apple. They have too many darn guns in this country. And the amount of guns is just causing so much death right is violence like the guns create violence the more guns people have the more violence there is in this country against other citizens so basically an influx of guns gun gun crime is going up because there's more guns right guns in liberals minds in in the other side is is guns equals violence against other people but they're not taking into consideration that most of these gun deaths are huge percentage are suicides and that doesn't make it better right that's horrible and that's actually the liberals could actually use that argument you know on their side if they knew how to use it right you know because either way people are dying does it doesn't matter how right i mean we can we can we can it's like um using uh what's it called uh, i don't know i lost my train of thought but it's like it's like when you're picking apart sentences you know what I mean? I can't. I can't remember the uh, phrase it's called. And you're picking someone's sentence apart, and like, oh, actually, it's than, not that, or the. Like, you know, you're trying to pick apart. That's kind of like what we're doing with these with these gun deaths. Well, technically, guns. I mean, it's not. 
It's not like the gun did the job against the person. Well, you know, gun was there, right? It, w- it was available for the person to commit suicide. Maybe if there were less guns on the- available, there'd be less people shooting themselves with them. But that's not that's an argument that liberals usually don't use, which I think would be a very good argument. Um, yeah, so so most of these of these deaths are, are not most, but a huge percentage are suicides, and then an even bigger lack of most of these murders, right? So most of these deaths, a lot of these deaths are suicides. And then the other part of the deaths are, um, are homicides. Out of these deaths that are homicides, up to 80% of them, right, according to the Heritage Foundation, are, are committed with illegal guns. Okay. 80% of the gun-related homicides in this country um in 2010, so we're, we're working at 2010 now, which is a little long, you know, it's, it's a while back, but we can still kind of get an accurate picture. It hasn't changed too much since then, right? So out of the gun-related homicides, 80% were from illegally per- illegally owned or illegally purchased. So what does that mean? That means that most of the murders, most of the robberies, most of the carjackings with firearms, aggravated robberies, aggravated murder, uh, assault with deadly weapons are 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 committed by people who are not uh, outstanding citizens, who are not good citizens, aka troublemakers, aka hoodlums, aka whatever you want to call them, criminals, felons, whatever. I don't like putting labels on people because you know I'm not gonna go into that. But from from bad folks, from the bad guys, okay, um, and they're not following the rules because. The conservative argument is this. They're saying, like, look, you are blaming guns for all this stuff. You want to punish with, with all your with all your you know proposals on gun uh, confiscation and, and gun uh, restricting um, access. And what all you're doing, right, is making outstanding citizens, responsible citizens, making it harder for them to get guns. But guess what? The criminals are still going to commit crimes. Most 80% of these crimes are done with guns that are not gotten at a store. So if you put stronger restrictions on the application process or more wait times, how does that, how does that prevent a liquor store robbery? You think uh, Joe Smo, who's a career criminal, who's a meth head, who's an abuser, is going to freaking go to Dick's Sporting Goods and buy a 38 Special to rob a liquor store with? No, he's going to get it from the guy around the corner who's his dealer. Right, who's a meth dealer who does you know in exchange for a debt or whatever, he's gonna get a thirty eight revolver and rob the liquor store. He's not gonna go to Dick's Sporting Goods. How just think about how ridiculous that is. And and that's the conservative perspective on that. It's like it's like, dude, why would you make it harder for, for people who are trying to protect our community to get guns? Like that doesn't correlate. All right. So let's let's go further. The FBI's uniform crime reports prove that the overwhelming majority of gun-related homicides are perpetuated with handguns, with rifles of any kind accounting for less than, what, 1% of gun-related homicides? Holy crap. Oh, that part got cut off. Let me see. In 2013, there were 5,782 murders that were committed by killers who used a handgun, compared to only 285 committed by killers who use the rifle. Do that math. Okay? Do that math. Do that percentage in your head because the actual percentage got cut off on my notes. 
Okay. So that's in 2013. 5,782 murders were committed with handguns compared to only 285 with rifles. The same hold true for 2012. 6,404 to 298. 2011, 6,251 to 332. I can go on and on and on, okay? So <laughs> consistently, the rate is like, I don't even know how many times more with handguns. So, Chase, what does that mean? Like, wh 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 we're in the weeds now. What are we even talking about right now? What we're talking about is the conservative viewpoint that, first of all, A, Okay, let, let's go back over this, what we're talking about. A, most gun deaths in America, people say there's there's too many guns and there's equaling too many deaths. Conservatives are saying, look, yes, we, we admit there are a lot of gun deaths, but a lot of those gun deaths are not uh, against, you know, are not crimes committed against people with guns. They're suicides, okay? Fine. You know, yes, there are still a lot of homicides and robberies and crimes, but out of those 80% of those were committed with illegally owned firearms. So it's not, so the system is working. It's just that people will always find a way to get around a system and to get, and to get something illegally. There'll, there'll always be a black market for anything. And all this talk, right, the next point is all this talk about rifles are so dangerous and rifles are so bad, they only account for a tiny, a tiny, a minuscule, a minuscule portion of the gun homicides. Okay, so when your aunt at Thanksgiving dinner or, you know, your great aunt or your, your cousin from uh, uh, freaking California comes to town and says, no one should have an AR-15. No one should own an AK-47. They're weapons of war. They kill millions of people a year, thousands of people. You say, actually, Aunt Sissy, Aunt Silly, uh, Aunt uh, Sheila, Aunt Susan, Aunt Annie, whatever they are, Uncle, Uncle Bob, actually, Mr. Liberal, Mrs. Liberal, they account for a tiny portion of the actual murders. Most murders are committed by handguns. What are you trying to say? Are you trying to ban handguns? Are you trying to take handguns away? All right, so change the narrative. Conservatives, the only way, in my opinion, for conservatives to fight against uh, the anti-gunners, because I'm not going to lie, the stats are bad. I mean, it, like, I've done research. I did research all this week, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, poor souls, you know, losing their lives with <laughs> a lot with guns, like too many. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And there's a lot of issues behind that that we can go into, but the conservative argument, we, the, you cannot play, you cannot fight on their battlefield. You cannot play on their field. Okay. You have to change the narrative, change the, um, just change the, the, the course of the argument. Okay. Right. We're talking on 35 minutes. We're going to do 10 more minutes of this, okay? More people are stabbed to death every year than are murdered with rifles. Holy crap. A person is more likely to be bludgeoned to death with a blunt object or beaten to death with... Jeez, I'm sorry, laughing, but Jesus. Beaten to death with hands and feet than to be murdered with a rifle. So you're more likely to get packed out. You're more likely to get stomped out by a random flash mob of, of, of teenagers that are doing like a thriller a thriller video you know ever seen those flash mobs I, I don't know if there's, that's still a thing but you're more likely to get packed out you're more likely to get stomped out and killed than you are to get shot with a rifle you're more likely to get bludgeoned to death with a freaking 
tire iron than you are to get shot with a rifle. You're more likely to get stabbed with a knife than you are to get shot with a rifle. There's a lot of things that can happen that were, are way more statistically likely than you are for some person to shoot you with an AR-15 or an AK. That's just the facts. Okay, now this is going to be the last topic of this episode because I don't want to run too long, all right? I'm not going to be like Joe, although I love Joe. Joe Rogan, I'm talking about. His podcasts are like three hours, four hours. Have you guys ever listened to a Sean Ryan podcast? I suggest looking up Sean Ryan. If you guys are into, like, if, if any of you guys are, like, into, like, kind of, like, the circle jerk thing with, <laughs> with Navy SEALs who all and SF who all love each other and, like, cuddle with, cuddle with each other at night and you want to hear about each other's cool stories, look up, I, I'm just making fun of him. I'm just, I'm just busting his chops. I love his, his show. But his shows are long, like, four hours and five hours. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, I can't listen to him driving to St. Louis to see my son because I'll fall, I'll swerve off the road. Okay, so I'm trying to make my 45 minutes. Okay, okay, random. Okay, I'm sorry, 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 guys. All right, all right. This is the this is going to be the one of the best parts of this podcast. Okay, where do you live? Where do you guys live? I live in Houston, Texas. All right, but I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Where do you guys live? Um, because murders in the United States are very, very concentrated. Most murders happen in particular areas, and we can go over those. Okay. According to the Crime Prevention Research Center, over 50% of murders occur in 2% of the nation's 3,142 counties. Let me repeat that. I'll repeat it one more time for the people in the back. According to the Crime Prevention Research Center, over 50% of murders occur in 2%, only 2% of the 3,142 counties. Moreover, gun-related homicides are heavily, heavily concentrated in certain neighborhoods within those counties. 54% of U.S. counties had zero murders. Holy crap. 50, listen to this. 54% of U.S. counties had zero murders in 2014. 54%. So there's half of the country... Half of the counties, there's no murder at all. Think about that for a second. Just, just let that absorb in your mind. Over 50% of the murders occur in 2% of the counties. What does that mean, Chase? That sounds, that sounds pretty, pretty bad. What does that mean? It means that most of the murders are happening in certain places. And pretty much outside of those places, your likelihood of being murdered drops like astronomically. Like, you're more likely to get attacked by a shark. You're more likely to get hit by lightning. You're more likely to die from bee stings, pretty much is what that's saying, outside of certain areas. I mean, it just doesn't happen. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people uh, lose their life every year. And as someone who, who binge-watches ID Discovery Channel, which I don't recommend for everyone, but I'm hooked on my wife and I are hooked on it, or uh, Forensic Files on HLN, you, you will know that anyone can, be, can, can lose their life at any moment. But your likelihood of it is, like, really low. I mean, you're really, really unlucky if you live in, like, Pocahontas, Arkansas, which I drive through all the time to go to St. Louis. Some of these small towns, Arkadelphia, Arkansas, Corning, you're really, really unlikely to get murdered in those areas because there's, like, no murder, pretty much. There's, like, one murder every 10 years, okay? All right. I 
right, let's do five minutes. Five minutes, guys. According to a recent scholarly article in the Hastings Law Journal, people recently or currently involved in an abusive, intimate relationship are much more likely to be victims of gun-related homicide than is the rest of the population, especially if the abuser possesses firearms. Okay, so basically, if you're in an abusive relationship, have you guys heard about that um, that case of that young girl, that uh, pretty little girl? God bless her. That uh, they found dead recently, and the boyfriend—I can't remember his name—Brian something. The boyfriend took off, and they, they just found his remains. The FBI just found his remains. I think it was today or yesterday. That's what we're talking about. Those type of relationships, you know, abusive uh, roller coaster, um, up and down, emotional, um, violent. Um, man, the likelihood of of gun of violence in that relationship of, of death and murder is like really high especially if the individual whether it be you know the, the the wife the husband the boyfriend the girlfriend doesn't matter we're not playing sides here especially if there's guns floating around the relationship all right that is just a no that is a powder keg i'd always said guns alcohol and abuse is a powder keg and a, a recipe for murder okay i i, I just truly believe that Are you in a gang? Is anybody out there in a gang? Is any of the ape army in a gang other than the ape gang? All right. Oh, FYI, I have a, a, a lot of merchandise ideas. If you guys um, send me a DM about merchandise, let me know about you if, if you have any ideas because I'm going to make some a line of shirts and sweatshirts that say ape gang, all right? But I'm not talking about ape gang, all right? I'm talking about a gang, like a criminal organization, okay? God forbid, vice lords, crips, bloods, uh, there's all type of gangs, Latin kings, the mob, the Columbos, the Gambinos, the Lucchese's, the Genevieve's, all right? Albanians. Are you guys a member of those gangs? I hope not. Because if you are, according to the Department of Justice's National Gang Center, particularly in urban areas, Significant percentages of gun-related homicides, 50%, are linked with gang and drug activity. Gang-related homicides are more likely to involve firearms than non-gang-related homicides are. I mean, that's, that's freaking common sense. If you're in a gang, the chance of you dying by, by, by gun violence is freaking astronomical. Either that or jail. Most, gang, most gangsters do not, get it, you know, do not escape their life alive. There's a rare... It's a rare case where you see an old gangster. Okay. Well, not unfortunately, but that's just so uncommon. And it's sad because they get started so early a lot of times and they can't get out. Are you a male between the ages of 15 and 34? I'm not. I'm way above that. <laughs> Damn it. I wish I was. You know, that's bull crap. Are you, a age, are you a male between the age of 15 and 34? The majority of standard, standard, what does that mean? Standard gun murder victims are men between the ages of 15 and 34. Oh, boy, here we go. This next part always, you know, kind of makes me uh, sad and I don't know. I don't like reading about it, but although black men make up roughly 7% of the population, they account for almost two-thirds of gun murder victims every year. Women and children are more likely to be the victims of mass shootings and homicide, uh, suicide shootings, than they are to be victims of typical gun-related homicide. So women are not usually shot dead, like over gun, over gangs. Um, most likely, they're in some type of t 
toxic relationship, maybe a love triangle, or um, God forbid to get killed at a club, you know, they're an instant bystander, a mass shooting. It's very, very rare for a woman to be a victim of gun violence. It's rare. Um, most of, most gun uh, victims are between the age of 15 and 34 and are in some type of criminal organization. And many of them are people of color. Okay. Now, okay. <laughs> this is going to be my last, this is going to be the last part of this podcast. Okay. So, what? Are we, so, let's break this part down. All right, so black men only account for 7% of the population, okay, but two-thirds of the gun murders. Why is that? Okay, so if you take that, that fact all along, put it to the side. Let's put it over here. Let's put it to the side, okay? Let's take, let's go back and let's look at this urban uh, statistic, okay, about how uh, over 50% of the gun homicides are, are, uh, go down in only 2% of the nation's uh, count, over 3,000 counties. Okay, so where are those counties located? Where are those uh, cities located? Where are those, where are those gun murders located? They're located in urban centers, in cities, in a very small percentage of the country. And that's because the population density is really high. Okay? Most of the urban centers, uh, I'm not going to say most, a lot of the urban centers are majority- or very close to majority minority communities, okay? So if there's a higher rate of population density in confined areas among mostly minority communities, factor in lack of education, factor in poverty, economic hardship, we could talk about policing too. We could talk about unfair policing, mass incarceration. It makes sense that a large majority of the gun murders are minorities or people of color. Those factors all play into that stat. It's just math. When you when you cram a bunch of people together and most of them are minorities, they're going to kill each other. Because guess what? There's more it's most likely if a crime is committed it's going to be someone who looks like you. If you're in a certain area. If you live in an Africa if let's just say let's just go to Chicago, right? Humble Park. Humble Park is a huge Hispanic, uh, mostly Puerto Rican and Dominican neighborhood in Chicago. It's one of the roughest neighborhoods in the, in the city of Chicago. If you live in Humble Park, you are mo- if you are if you ever, God forbid, are a victim of gun violence, guess who is going to be from? Another Hispanic man, probably a Hispanic man between the age of fifteen and thirty-four. You, you see what I'm going with? You people are victims of crime of crimes from people in their communities. Ain't no freaking. It's very rare for a, a three black teenagers from the inner city of Houston to dr- to tr- uh, travel out to Katy, to travel out to Sugarland, which are all suburbs of Houston, and commit crimes out there. Does that make sense? What they're gonna do is they're gonna go around the corner to the local liquor store, and they're gonna find a, an, an easy lick, a mark. Maybe a crackhead, maybe um, God forbid, a, a young kid walking home from school, or you know, a person who's unaware at the stoplight, and they're gonna take they're gonna take their stuff, okay? Because it's, it's a it's a crime of convenience, it's a crime of opportunity, okay? Same thing with the Italians. Italians, Italian mobsters kill other Italian mobsters. Russian gangsters kill other Russian gangsters. Japanese yakuza kill other Japanese yakuza. 
Jap- uh, Japanese Yakuza do not go and war with the Crips. That never happens. Okay, now in LA, there's some interracial, a lot of interracial tension, but that's because their communities are so close together. Does that make sense? It's not like the Aryan Brotherhood drives across the city uh, of LA. Let's just say there's a, there's a neo-Nazi community and they go across the city and bang on the, uh, the Crips, the 18th Street Gang, the, the Latinos. They don't do that. They just fight among each other. All right? Ooh, that was a lot, huh? We're at, wow, yeah, we're at 48 minutes, guys. Okay, 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 let's wrap this up, guys. All right, so I'm sorry I didn't get through it all, okay? You know, I'm not one of these guys who just love the sound of my voice. I actually hate the sound of my voice, but I love talking, which is kind of a problem. <laughs> it's kind of a conflict with me. So thank you so much for listening. This is the conservative side of the argument. We're going to do part two tomorrow, or part two on Saturday. So this is going to, you know, I'll finish it up on Saturday. I'll finish, I promise, I will finish the conservative side on Saturday, and then we'll move to the liberal side, but I'll break it up. I'm not going to just go into all this boring stuff. I'll do something interesting in between. Okay, we're going to do two episodes per week. The Ape Academy podcast, we're on Podbean and the Apple podcast app. Okay, please rate, please subscribe, please give us a five-star rating. It means a lot. Please write a review if you have a few minutes. Okay, um, I apologize if I mumble and bumble. I'm getting better at this. It's not easy uh, even for someone like me who talks a lot to kind of string your thoughts together for 48 straight minutes. Um, so I just appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate everything. God bless you. God bless you and keep you. Uh, remember, stay safe, stay vigilant, stay situationally aware, train hard. Okay. Know your limitations and do not LARP. God bless you. <laughs> stay safe. Ape. This is a spooky beat. All right, guys. Thank you, Organic Dope. Love you, man. We appreciate all the fire beats. Please, 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 please. Keep training hard. Keep keep checking in with Ape. We're not going nowhere. No one can stop us. No larper can intimidate us. No hater can stop us, man. Keep it going. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your boys. Tell your girlfriend. Tell your boyfriend. Tell your wife. Hi, your sister. Tell your wife. All right, guys, stay safe. God bless you. Ape.